Welcome to the Faith and Mental Health Podcast, where two worlds collide. I am your host, DeAndrea Bolden. Join myself and others as we have relevant, engaging conversation on a variety of topics that are related to faith and mental health. So be sure to tune in weekly and also to subscribe. Did you know that you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast platforms such as Apple, Google, and even Stitcher? You can even catch this podcast on my YouTube channel. As a listener, please know that we want to hear from you and we hope that you will reach out with feedback, suggestions, and even ideas for guests and topics that you would like for us to include. Oh, do you mind helping me out by simply sharing this podcast with others? Thank you, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. God bless. Lifestyle brand Sugar Sweet Bath & Body Treats offer a variety of high-quality self-care products that are cruelty-free and made with natural ingredients. Their product selection ranges from their amazing bath bombs and scrubs to their top-selling body butter. Be sure to check them out on their website, and if you subscribe to their email list, you get 20% off your purchase. You can find them online by logging on to www.sugarsweetbathtreats.com. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, DeAndrea Bolden, and you are tuned in to the Faith and Mental Health Podcast. Today, I have a very phenomenal guest. I'm so excited to have her on today. And so you know how I am. I'm not going to introduce her. I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. But I will tell you this much. She's a heavy hitter, and she has so much to share. And her name is Dr. Holly Oxhandler. Dr. Holly, can you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Good morning, DeAndrea. I am so honored to be here. Um, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to um, share a little bit about who I am and my background. Um, so I am an Associate Dean for Research and Faculty Development at Baylor University's Diana Garland School of Social Work. Um, I co-host a podcast called CXMH, which has conversations on the intersection of faith and mental health, much like the good work that you are doing. Um, and I, um, I'm a, a mom, I have two kiddos. Uh, my husband and I, we live um, here in Waco, Texas. Um, let's see what else. I'm originally from upstate New York. Um, and I am in the process of uh, launching my first book called The Soul of the Helper, seven stages to seeing the sacred within yourself so you can see the sacred in others. Um, and awesome. I'm so honored to be here today. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm excited to, to kind of dive in and talk about that book now. And well, let's kind of segue. So before we get to the book, and I, I really like the title, I think the title really drew me in. Mm -hmm. And you put a statement on Twitter, I believe it was. it was, I think it was on Twitter, maybe Instagram too. And I even turned it into a post and, and tagged you in it. Oh, um, you did? Oh, yeah. Awesome. It should, you know what? I, maybe I did. Well, it has your name on it. I, I made okay. it. <laughs> it says Dr. Holly Oxen. Like I gave you full credit, but I may have to go back and actually tag you in it. But you said something about, and so we'll get into the book in a minute. But I like how you said you cannot separate mental health from your spiritual journey. 
Yeah. That yeah. quote blew me away. I was retweeting and I was like, let me put this on my Faith and Mental Health Instagram page, Faith and Mental Health Facebook page, because it was so powerful because I believe in integrative care. I believe yeah. we have to evolve and realize, like the Bible says, what, that um, uh, I, I pray that the Lord would sanctify you body, soul, and spirit. And so mm-hmm. we, there's more than one aspect of us. So yeah, we have our mental health, we have our physical health, we have our spiritual health. And so we have to make sure we're looking at every part of us. And so can you just share yeah. a little insight about that quote and, and what you really mean by allowing your spiritual journey to be a part of your mental health? Because to me, it sounds yeah. like that's the meat of what it means when I say faith in mental health. Yeah, gosh, that's so good. Well, I'm I'm honored that you picked up on that quote and I'm so honored that it, it landed in the way that it did for you, because, um, I think, I think actually it was maybe Robert Vohr who had, um, kind of elevated it. He's one of the folks who had, well, he's my co-host on the podcast and he, um, had read the book in advance, but, um, that has really been at the heartbeat of the research that I've done. I know I shared that, you know, the different hats that I wear, I kind of mm-hmm. talked about earlier, but really at the heart of what I do is researching and studying this intersection between faith and mental health. Um, I've been doing this research for the last like um, 12 or 13 years or so. And, and, and it's really come about from this understanding that our, our, if we are biopsychosocial spiritual beings, which we yes. talk about in social work mm-hmm. and in many other helping professions, that means each part of you know these layers of who we are matter. Mm-hmm. Um, in some of the research that I had done earlier in my career, we found that when it came to mental health treatment, a lot of clients, they wanted to talk about their faith as it related mm-hmm. to their mental health. We saw that Um, when you ethically integrate clients' faith into mental health treatment, it oftentimes either is as effective or more effective than treatment without um, paying attention to this area of people's lives. And so I've really tried to understand, um, you know, primarily like, well, what are mental health care providers doing when it comes to this area? But then it's just grown further outside of that circle to really understand like, how do we as helpers really need to be paying attention to this intersection? Because we can't disentangle them. I mean, we we all are navigating um, a spiritual journey of some kind, and it may look differently for each of us. We may have different experiences and um, things that we believe and practices that we engage in, but, but we're all engaged on this spiritual journey in one way, shape or form. Um, and at the same time, we all have mental health, right? Like it, right. it is a spectrum um, ranging from illness and struggling to flourishing and thriving and health. And so, you know, for both of these things, we really have to consider them in tandem with one another because of what the research has been saying about how deeply interconnected they are with 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 one another. Um, so I think that kind of goes back to that quote around um, our we can't consider our spiritual journey without our mental health. But the same is true in the other direction. We can't consider our mental health journey without taking into consideration our spirituality. That's good. That's good. No, so when you look at that, and I like how you shared, um, you know, your research and you know 
um, some of the findings and different things like that. I'd love to see some of your research, by the way. But uh, mm. um, wondering, how do you look at that through a biblical lens? Mm, that's a really good question. Well, I want to be forthright in that I am not a theologian. I'm not a biblical scholar. Um, I am not someone who, you know, has that training. Um, I am, I do identify as Christian and I uh, teach and do research at a Christian institution. Mm -hmm. So I do want to at least navigate that carefully and with humility that, that I am not, you know, a trained theologian. Now, you know what? And, and I want to interject there and I and to those that are listening, I, I don't want you to feel even underqualified because you're not a theologian, because I mm. think sometimes that it's just the simplicity of it. So what I mean by that is like the scripture where it says, beloved, I wish above all that I is prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So mm. that's what I mean when I say like looking at it from a biblical lens, like just kind of looking at um, from a scriptural place and not from a, I guess, like a deep theological place. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think that's good. Well, I think what I can say, and I can kind of use this as like a bit of a segue into the book, is that I do weave in layers of scripture into yes. this book in understanding, yes. you know, there's a chapter, for example, on stillness, and I heavily re rely on Psalm 46, 10, where, you know, we understand God saying, you know, be still and know that I'm God. Um, I, I rely on the understanding of, um, you know, that the kingdom of heaven is within us and, mm. and, and leaning on that. And I heavily rely on, um, the teaching that Jesus offers that, you know, that is in the old Testament, but Jesus mm. elevates it across all four gospels when he says um, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Yeah. And so that is deeply woven into the book with this understanding and questioning of how can we love others if we are not loving ourselves? That's very like, true. Yeah. And I think we lose sight of that, especially in um, in a, a number of different spaces where we're so oriented. And again, this, this ties back in with the book of, uh, because it's heavily written for helpers in general, but as helpers, we tend to constantly be thinking about how do we serve others? How do we help others? How do we love others? How do we care for others? Mm -hmm. But when we don't take that time to care for ourselves and refill our own wells, my fear is what is it that we're drawing on to give to others when we are in a place of burnout and exhaustion Man, and just, mm -hmm. yep. So that's what I, I really, I mean, and, and the way that it's structured is that that first part of it is really uh, focused on that intersection of faith and mental health and understanding what is the research saying around this intersection and the complexity of these areas of our lives. Um, and I write then a bit about um, recognizing in the data that mental health care providers who are more deeply motivated to live out their faith tend to have more positive views and mm -hmm. actually integrate clients' faith more often. Um, and so from that, I, I drew on um, this Hindi term, namaste, which literally translates to mean I bow to you, but mm -hmm. more generally, we understand it to mean like the sacred in me recognizes the sacred in you or the divine in me recognizes the divine in you. Um, and that, that discovery within my data, it fundamentally transformed 
so much of my research and the way that I honestly, like just went about, um, life to be honest. Um, and so that became kind of the springboard into, um, the second part of the book, which is really an introspective unpacking of the research within my own life and Mm -hmm. what it's like to be a helper and how I see this stretching out to other helpers beyond just mental health care providers. Um, yeah. So I I like how, what you said earlier when, um, you said, what are people drawing from if they're not basically, if they're not taking care of themselves, I always tell people, I said, you cannot do anything at your best. If you're not your best. That means you yeah. can't be the best spouse. You can't yeah. be the best parent. You can't be the best employer or employee or whatever it is. But I, I really think that this would be a great book for a lot of, a lot of pastors, pastors, yes. um, Christian counselors. Um, I mean, anybody in general, but when you said the burnout part, I, my mind immediately went to, to pastors because a lot of pastors yeah. are burnt out. And this last year or so has oh my burnt gosh, I know. everybody out. And so a lot of pastors yeah. are are pretty much at their rope, you know, kind of giving yeah. in and stuff. And so I think that this uh, can be very important, but I do think I want to say this. I think I worded that last question wrong because you turned around and answered it. I think the way I, <laughs> I think the way I worded it just threw you off. Cause you're like, I'm not a theologian, but then when you start uh, talking about the book, you're like, it's lace. That's what I wanted. I just wanted to know like, what biblically can we, can we put with this? And so I, mm. you put it together and it's weaved in the book. And so I love that. So I want to take a step back. Like, when did you get the concept of this book? Like, where did this come from? How did this happen? Um, was this just, did you just want to share your research? How did this even come into play? Oh my gosh. It's such a good question. I love that one. Um, so, so I think it really, it's, started earlier on in recognizing, I think I started having these, like these little nudges, um, that were like, I think that this is relevant to a wider group. Right. And that it's not just for mental health care providers, but as you noted, pastors, but also like nurses and doctors and parents oh. and first responders and teachers and volunteers. I mean, this is like helpers in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really in, in developing that grounded theory, namaste theory, and going back to the roots of that term and understanding it and seeing how that applied to the research. Um, that's when I think I started kind of getting those, those rumblings. And that was back in like 2017. Um, and then, um, and it, it was a little bit before that, like I kind of had a sense that this was coming, but then around 2018, it was it was really clear to me that like, I was at a point where I couldn't not write this book, if that makes sense. Like it was too, it was, um, I mean, not in a negative way. It was just like, it really felt like this was my next step. Like this was mine to do. Like I needed to write this book. Um, and so I, I know you and I exchanged a little bit on Twitter about this and like how long it took for me to write this book. Um, because in writing it, there's, there's a lot of data that is woven into it. There's a lot of, um, details about, um, faith traditions that are woven into it as, as humbly as I can possibly, you know, weave those in. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, And then there's a lot of, so I used what's called autoethnography, which is a, I know this is going to sound like it's super researchy, but Mm -hmm. basically it's a process of, um, 
writing through and embodying the research and what it means for me and how I have lived into this intersection um, individually. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, I just have a, a tickle in my throat. Um, okay. So, so in writing through this, I think between about 2018 until, you know, even up until this summer, even through the editing, um, you know, this is, it's just been a long process, a long, long process of writing, but honestly, like it has just, it has fundamentally transformed me writing this book and understanding these concepts and, um, gosh, my hope with it is that it will serve those helpers who are feeling tired and worn and, and losing sight of the fact that they are beloved as they are and that nothing they do can make them be any more loved than they are in this moment or any less loved than they are in this moment, that they are loved as they are. Um, and so that's really kind of what my hope is as we're moving into this next phase of, of the book, getting into folks' hands. Yeah. 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 Because are you, well, I'll get to that in a minute. So I want to, one thing about it, when it, um, when it comes to mental health, you know, that mental health has become in some ways kind of a buzzword. Um, People are becoming more Mm -hmm. aware of the importance of mental health. Um, People are promoting uh, the importance of uh, professional mental health services and Mm -hmm. treatments and, and all these things. But one thing, the reason this book stuck out to me so much is because when I saw the title, I immediately thought self-care. Self-care yes, has become yes. the big, big buzzword. Like, like yep. my daughter, she is 17. She owns her own little business. Mm-hmm. It's called Sugar Sweet Bath and Body Treats. And a lot mm-hmm. of things she makes and sells are personal care items that people may use for one component of self-care. And mm-hmm. so self-care in some ways has been um, almost made synonymous with you know taking a bubble bath and putting cucumbers yeah. on your eyes, but I like how this book deals with actually do, doing the work of taking care of yourself, because yeah. like you said, you can't see the good in others if you can't see the good in yourself. One thing I've learned as a person is that the way a person talks to and treats others is a reflection of how they deal with themselves. Yes. So when a person has a very negative inner voice, they will speak very negatively to other people. And so I think this book is so important just for people in general. Um, yeah. I like how you talked about the, um, the chapter on being still. I think mm-hmm. that's very important because in this fast paced world we live in and social media and notifications going off and Netflix is going, the dog is barking, the toaster mm-hmm. is chirping, the, you know, mm-hmm. the rooster is crowing, everything's going at once. The, the one thing I, I think a lot of believers have to understand, like the word says, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We have to learn mm. how in a technologically advanced society to still be still. We yeah. have to understand the power of being still. Yeah. We have to understand the healing that we can get in being still and meditating on God's word, allowing his word to really wash over us. And so um, I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm excited about this book and I can't wait to really dive into it. But there was something that caught, that caught my eye that I want you to talk about in this book before we move on. And there's a chapter called serve. And the reason this is important Mm -hmm. is because, (laughs) oh my gosh, I Mm -hmm. cannot, first of all, 
as believers, we should be found serving. Second mm-hmm. of all, if everything you do is about you, you're going to be a miserable person. We have to learn to serve something greater than ourselves. And so, but I want you to talk about that chapter serve and, 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 and even as it relates to, you know, the soul, of the helper, when they're, they're serving, you got to be in a good place to do that. That is so true. So true. Well, okay. Real quick, before I jump into serve, mm-hmm. which I promise to, I do want to circle back about the self-care piece and okay. yeah. one applaud your daughter and the good work that she's doing to help others in, in this business. Like that's yeah. beautiful that she's doing that. I love that. Um, and you're right that self-care has become a buzzword in a lot of ways. And you know, there are lots of different ways that we can practice self-care. Some of them being the ways that your daughter is helping with those, Mm -hmm. you know, um, those, those bath, uh, things and just all those goodies that she's putting together. Um, but I will say, um, self-care is something that I honestly see as more of a preventative intentional effort to be taking care of ourselves holistically, mind, Mm -hmm. body, spirit, and social connections. Um, so that we are keeping our well full as we go out and serve others. Um, and this, this is as simple as like making sure we're getting enough sleep, making sure we're drinking enough water, um, eating the foods that help make us feel good. Um, and none of it is to, you know, like, I definitely don't want any of this to be like, there's no shame woven into this. It's just identifying, you know, for each of your listeners, like, what do they individually need to take care of themselves to the best of their ability? That is what I really see self-care being. And I do have for listeners who are interested um, on my website, I have a self-care for helpers guide. That's like a mm-hmm. one week of ways to walk through creating your self-care plan um, and actually like embody it. So I just want to nod to that. Just, I'm so glad you brought up the self-care piece, but I wanted to to nod to that. Um, it does weave in though, to the serve section. So I am glad that you asked about, about that. So you are right. Um, we can't be thinking about ourselves all the time. That would, it's, it's not, it's not healthy. I would say it's not fulfilling. There are things that we have been, um, we, there are things that we have been given to do that are just ours to do um, and that we need to be intentional about and thinking about. And those things are in ways serving others. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, service doesn't have to look like any ind- like specific thing. Mm-hmm. It could be you know, the mental health care provider who is serving their client. It could be the barista who is serving her customers um, each morning. It could be the pastor who is serving um, their congregants or the first responder or the teacher serving their students or the parent serving their kids. Um, There's just so many ways that we get to go out and serve others. And it is a privilege to get to serve and support others along their journey. Now in this chapter though, mm-hmm. um, it is at the end of those seven stages, yeah. um, which go from, um, speed, slow, steady, still, um, wait, see shift and serve. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, you're looking at it. I love uh-huh. it. Um, so, but the, but the point is that 
earlier in that middle part under still and see, we mm -hmm. have to see the sacred within ourselves in order to see it in others before we can then shift into that shift chapter and recognize that that sacred, that divine spark is not just within us, but mm -hmm. it is within everyone around us, like everyone mm -hmm. and how we can then, um, intentionally seek the sacred within others while also remembering that that sacred and that divine spark is within us is how we then go out and serve and we serve from that place of abundance and recognition that the sacred the divine spark the image of god is in me as much as it is within everybody around me right. so yeah that's good that's good that's good i'm really i'm excited so couple of things. Um, is the book available for pre-orders? Are you allowing people to pre-order or do they have to wait until it's released? Yeah, yeah no, it is absolutely up for pre-order right now. Oh, and good. it's wherever folks um, buy their books. So um, if it's like a local indie shop or if on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, like wherever folks buy their books. Awesome. 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 Now, what is the actual release date? Yeah, so it is set to release at the end of January on January 25th, um, and which feels far away, but also not at all because we've got, you know, some holidays coming up that are going to make time go by pretty quickly. Oh, it's, I think. it's about to fly yeah. by because it's about to be. <laughs> You already know once it's Thanksgiving, it's already Christmas. I like, know, I know. And then New Year's and then, year. yes, that's right. So I'm trying to like, I really am trying to practice what I preach and like slow down and be intentional through yeah. these weeks. Um, but I am so excited for it to get in folks' hands, um, you know, in just a couple of months at the end of January. That is really, really good. And so I'm excited about this. I'm so glad that I was able to, again, thank you for, um, allowing me to switch some things around and make sure we can make this oh, happen today. But yes, um, yes. I'm glad to be able to introduce you to my audience. I'm glad that, um, you know, people will know about this book. Um, I'm just, I'm excited for you, excited for your accomplishment. I think sometimes people don't realize this is a little segue, guys. I don't think people mm. realize how much work goes into writing books. And so I want to first applaud mm. you for your efforts in doing this and to be brave enough to do it because anything you put out there, even if it's just a t-shirt or a pencil that says Dr. Holly, you're making yourself vulnerable. Mm. So applaud you for being brave enough to step out there and do this. But I've been telling people as we're getting ready to, you know, get closer to 2022 and I'm, we're gearing up for the faith and mental health hybrid summit. I'm like, I really feel a strong pull that we're going to need to take it up a notch with mental health. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, really promoting people, you know, getting the care. I know even since last year, a lot more people are dealing with anxiety. I was reading an article that, um, dentists are reporting more people clenching their teeth. People oh, have been wow. clenching and grinding their teeth. Huh. Um, there was another report. I try to keep up on stuff. I do a lot of reading. Um, I love it. That's yeah, amazing. I try, yeah, I try to, you know, keep up with stuff like that, you know, like different um, statistics and different things that are coming out. And it's just, you know, they were talking about even people being more prone to illness. And I'm not going to say the illness because I don't want my podcast to get dinged because you just never know. But mm. with, you know, a certain illness that's been going around that um, that mental health 
can be a factor in people being more vulnerable. And so, and we know that, you know, anxiety and stress can affect your immune system. So I'm like, okay, you know, that that makes sense. Yep. Well, and we did, we did see um, that through the last two years uh or last year and a half or so, we did see that the percentage of um, folks who reported symptoms of anxiety and depression had gone up to between 30 to 40% at different Mm -hmm. time points when typically it's usually about one out of five who are struggling with um, mental illness at one time point, but it, it spiked. I mean, it, we are, we are going to be moving through a lot of um, recovery and healing. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. In the months and, and years ahead, to be honest. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's why, you know, I think your book is going to be timely. The, the conference uh, that's coming up is going to be timely having those resources and, and those tools in place that can, uh, be helpful as we are all trying to navigate through uncertain times and, and, and things that we've frankly never endured before. And so, um, but I want you to take a moment and let people know how they can find you, um, as far as like your website, social media handles, um, where, um, well, you already said where they can get the book, but yeah, but give your, give your website and stuff like that, how people can contact you, how they can connect with you. Um, if you have anything else, coming up if you have anything else going on I know you also co-host a podcast so let Mm -hmm. people know how they can connect with you as far as uh that particular podcast yeah no I'd be happy to DeAndra thank you so uh my website is hollyoxhandler.com and folks can find me on any social media um at hollyoxhandler um I mentioned before that self-care for helpers guide that folks can sign up for when they um, go to my website there's like a little button for them to sign up and it's just 7 days of um prompts to help them create their self-care plan that's based on an assignment I offer my students. Um, And then I send out monthly newsletters about this intersection of faith and mental health. Um, And then the podcast, as you mentioned, is a weekly podcast called CXMH that folks can um, learn more about at cxmhpodcast.com. And um, yeah, those are weekly and fun conversations that we get to have. And um, I think that's probably, oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, that's probably good. And then of course I mentioned the book, you know, folks can find that anywhere, wherever they, they buy their books, it is up and ready for pre-order. So awesome, 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 awesome. And so thank you so much again, Dr. Holly Oxhandler for being my guest today. Thank you to all the listeners that are tuning in. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. And so, um, um, I'm going to be sharing some more information for more information, sorry, on our next episode about the Faith and Mental Health Summit that is coming up April, 2022. And so I'm really excited for that. We're gearing up for it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be bigger and better than this last year. And so um, look out for that. And so I will see you guys. Well, you'll hear my voice again soon. Thank you for tuning in. (laughs) Thank you so much.